Stephen Dawson is that crazy guy that's like at the front, like chucking ketchup on kids and making them eat gross things. He loves doing all that, but he also loves Jesus more than anything. So it's my privilege to introduce to you Stephen Dawson. Round of applause. Thank you very, very much. My voice has just lasted enough to speak to you. So, but it might go a bit like that, unfortunately, because I've been doing a lot of yelling, I think it's fair to say. Fair to say. Okay, so I'm going to want to talk to you about, about grace. Why do I want to do that? Well, I want to do that because it's something that every Christian needs. And it's something that every Christian struggles to grasp hold of. Okay? Christianity is a grace-based, centred faith. Okay, lots of people think, ah, to be a Christian, you need to do X, Y, and Z. So maybe as you were discussing your groups then, you were saying, um, okay, what do you need to do? I must make sure I read my Bible. I need to go on Sundays to church, make sure I come to New Day and join in. I do anything. That's really important to become a Christian. And I need to make sure I pray every day. I mustn't swear. Definitely shouldn't smoke. Mustn't play Pokemon Go. There's a whole list of things you're thinking to be a Christian. Or maybe you said you must play Pokemon Go. I don't know. But you made a list of things. Actually, to be a Christian, these are the do's. But that is not Christianity. It is not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. Okay? That is Christianity. That's like fundamental. And often, people who don't know about Christianity think that about us. They think, oh, that's right. Christians, they're just people who have lots of rules, lots of do's, lots of don'ts. But actually, a lot of Christians think that as well. Sometimes in our churches, we can say to each other, if you're a Christian, should you really be doing that? It's like, well, it's not whether I'm a Christian or not. My Christianity is not based upon what I do. It's based upon what Jesus has, upon what Jesus has done. Okay. So actually, it's, um, <laughs> Joe, I've got Joe's name there for me. Joe's name, Joe was talking this morning at the end. He's saying, actually, when we realize that Jesus has done this amazing thing for us, the thing he's done is he's died on the cross for the sins that we've committed and therefore we deserve to go to the cross. Now, he did it for us. When we realize that, actually the response is, I want to live for you. So there are lots of things that being Christians that we do do. We do want to read the word. We do want to pray. We don't want to do some things because we know it displeases please God and they affect our relationship with him. We don't do those things to make ourselves a Christian. We don't do those things to make God love us. No, no, God loves us as Christians because what Jesus has, what he's done. Absolutely. And we struggle with this. And the temptation in Christianity is to veer off course and think, oh no, I've not done well enough this week. Oh no, I must beat myself up. I must try harder. And that's something you maybe you've already struggled with. And it's something that will be everyone's struggle. Think, oh no, I must do this. I must add stuff to what God's done. No, it's just about what he has done. I wrote a poem. I'd like to read a poem. I'd like to uh, tell you my poem that I wrote this week. Okay, it says this. <clears throat> Sin is serious. Hell is hot. You are a screw-up. Jesus is not. You can't clean up. You need grace. So Jesus went to the cross and took your place. I want you to be really clear that your sin is serious. There's no sin you commit that it's just like, oh, it's just a little one. It's serious before a holy God. And it needs to be dealt with. 
and it can be dealt with by death. Your smallest sin needs to be dealt with by death and by damnation. All the happy words today. Hell is hot. It's a place that you do not want to go to. It's a place that is going to be real. A place where God is not going to be expressing his love, but being expressing his anger to those who have sinned against his righteous law. And everyone in the whole world who's ever lived and has always lived deserves to go there. And there's nothing that you can do, nothing you can do to stop that from happening. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to polish up the bad things you've done. In fact, the Bible says when we try and polish up the wrong things we've done, actually it's like filthy rags. And if you try and clean up something that's dirty with dirty things, it just gets dirtier. Actually, the only way to sort out our sin is by Jesus coming and dying in our place. Receiving, this, receiving the punishment that we deserved. Okay, He was the perfect one. You're a screw-up. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are a screw-up. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am a screw-up. And then turn to them and say, but Jesus is not. Jesus is perfect. And he is gracious. And he's graciously giving us the gift to say, you can be perfect before God, but I did. And now you can know this righteousness because of me. Now you may think, yes, Dean, I've heard that. I'm a Christian. This is what I came for. I know that stuff. But the reality is we can all swerve off. We think, yes, to become a Christian, I need to believe on Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross for me. But then we can stop believing it in one sense. We think, yes, the ABC of Christianity is Jesus died on the cross for me so that I can have my sins forgiven and live with him for all eternity. And then we think, yes, but to grow as a Christian, I need to make sure I do this, 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 this. I want to tell you that uh, grace is not the A to C. He just wanted to make that really clear to you. Grace is not the ABC of Christianity. Grace is the A to Z of Christianity. Okay, it's all of it. It needs to run right through it. And read my prayer for you guys as you grab hold of this. I think I must preach this to myself every single day. And I know for those of you here yesterday, we heard John and Karis talk about that. Actually, we need to preach to ourselves, get the word in us, build our lives upon us. And anyone want to be a preacher when they're older? You can put your hand up. I say, if you've got a wobbly hand, put your hand up. Jesus, you know what? That's a great desire. I want to encourage you to do that. But actually, those of you who haven't put your hands down, I want you to be preachers as well. If the only person you ever preach to is yourself, then do it. Learn the word of God and then preach it to yourself. Do you know what? I know loads of the Bible. But do you know what? I fail to live it all the time. So I have to preach to myself. I'm thinking, oh no, I've not done well enough. I've got to lead all these people at a new day and I've had a bit of a bad week. I've been grumpy with my wife. I shouted at my kids. It's not gone well. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I have to preach to myself. Hang on a minute. I'm not standing here because of what I've done. I'm here because what Jesus has. It's not what I do. It's what he's done. It's the A to Z. I need to know it every day for all I do in all of my life. Okay. This is my friend Katie Virgo. Katie Wave. Anyone know who Katie's married to? Joel, that's right, Joel Virgo. And Joel Virgo is a good friend of mine, and I love him, and he's just so talented and godly, and I respect him in most ways. 
One way in which I don't respect him, or have given him grief for over the years, is that he is kind of, he's just a thinker, not necessarily a doer. And um, sometimes when he comes to fill up his car, he doesn't think about what he's putting in it. And he's got a skewer which he needs to put petrol in, and he has a car that he needs to put diesel in. And sometimes he just doesn't remember which one he's filling up. And so he, several times, he has filled up his diesel car with petrol. And uh, I have had great joy at ribbing him over this uh, for over the years. And be like, dude, what are you doing? Type of thing. And then I've done it twice in the last year myself. And uh, Joel's done it at the petrol station, rung it and got us out. I put it up and then drove it for miles and miles and miles and totally wrecked my car. So actually I'm worse than he is. There's a little lesson about karma there. Karma's not real. Just joking. Right, okay, anyway. But the point is, you all came to New Day and your vehicle was filled up with fuel. That's how it got here. That's our grace. You fill up your car, you got your grace, and off you go. But suddenly you decide halfway along, you think, oh, I don't want to drive any further with petrol in my tank. I'm going to put, no, you think, I'll just push it instead. I'm going to push the car to the new day. I think most of us, you still would not be here if that was the case, would you? You think halfway along the journey. I was thinking, maybe that's the illustration I want to use. And I thought, actually, no, it's not. Actually, what it's like is, Driving your car halfway to New Day with petrol and then decide, hmm, I'm going to fill it up with my urine. That's what I'm going to do. And thinking, that's what it's like. It's like, well, I needed grace to get this far with the petrol. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to fill up the car with my urine instead. Yeah, that'll get me there. And not only will that not get you to New Day, it will wreck your vehicle. And I want to say to you, the devil would love you to lure you away from Jesus. Like Simon said on the first night, like a little with sin. He wants to tempt you with lots of things, saying, look, why don't you do this, that, and the other? But if he can't get you with sin, he'll get you with trying to add stuff to grace. He'll say, you're not good enough. You need to beat yourself up. You need to feel bad inside. You need to work harder. You need to strive. And he'll try and get you that way. Get you away from the truth and the gloriousness and the goodness of what Jesus has done. And you start adding to it, thinking, okay, to be, a, to be a good Christian or for that person to be a good Christian, they must do this, this and this to earn God's approval. That's like filling a car up with urine. It's awful. And in the book of Galatians in the New Testament, Paul is writing to a church that have just done that. They've been living, they start with grace. Yes, thank you, Jesus, you've done it all. It's about what you've done, not about what we do. But they start saying... But we probably shouldn't, we shouldn't eat these things, and we should probably do these things, we should probably do these things. And they start going away from living my grace and adding works righteousness or legalism, these different things, onto it. And Paul says, no, don't do that. That is wrong. Okay, let me just start. I can't remember. <laughs> I've just typed in loads of numbers. Sorry, Cassie, can you tell me my timer, where I'm at? So look, brilliant. Okay, thanks so much. Okay, so it's dangerous. It's not just like, oh, it's okay to add a bit. No, no, we must live by grace and preach it to ourselves each and every day. Grace is a wonderful gift. Uh, I've got a friend here, my friend Theo. Theo, I'll be calm. Here we go. Theo, round of applause. Run, 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 run. And uh, Theo, because you're my good friend, I'm going to give you something. Come here. I'm going to give you. I might, I might give you. <laughs> What's going on here? I'm going to give you. Not just ten pounds, and it give you twenty quid. Oh, you have it, you have twenty quid. Oh, fine. Oh, good. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's very polite of you, but you can have you can have the twenty quid. No, I'm fine. No, that's that's good of you, but can you take the twenty quid? No, no. no. Yeah, but I really appreciate you, and I love you so much. I just love to give you this twenty quid. No, it's fine. I don't want to. It's 
can you just take this one quid now? Sorry. <laughs> okay, for the sake of the illustration, take this one quid. Okay. <laughs> What's your name? Josh. Yeah, I don't like you. Right, but I really like you, and I want you to have this 20 quid. But seriously, I want you to, I want you to take 20 quid. No, but... I, mate, it's just... Not even funny yet, but it's rude now. Can you just take it to me, quid, please? Do you just take it to any quid? No, I'm fine. Your, your parents must have done a really good job bringing it. Okay, fine. I'll keep it. Don't clap him. He's been incredibly rude. I've expressed my love to him. I wanted to give him 20 quid. And he's just said no. He said, no, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. That... You can sometimes we can think, oh no, that's I, that's 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 very nice of you, but I don't deserve it, or I don't want it, type thing. No, you keep it, you keep it. But actually, it's a bit rude after a while. You're like, it's okay to be English and go, oh no, really, no trouble, don't thank you. But if someone insists, you say, actually, thanks so much. Do you know what? Because it makes the giver feel nice. Who's ever given a gift and it feels nice when you're giving it away? It doesn't. It? You're being, no, I want to give this to you. I've thought about you. I want to give it to you, Josh. Do you want 20 quid? Do you want 20 quid? Nah, mate. Nah, <laughs> just messing. <laughs> Josh, Josh, I'm just messing. It's 20 quid, mate. Josh, everyone. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, Josh, I feel really honoured by your gratefulness. Thank you. When God offers you a gift of grace and you say, oh, no, thanks very much. I haven't quite done well enough this week or I've not read my Bible well enough and I can't quite enter into worship because I'm just not... God's like... What are you talking about? I want to give you a gift. Take it and say, thank you. Or say, oh God, no one could have done what you've done. Thank you for being gracious to me. That's the proper response. That devil wants you to go, oh no, I don't deserve it. No, you say, yeah, devil, I agree with you. I don't deserve it. But that's what makes it so wonderful. That's this free, amazing gift that I'm going to take and enjoy. And we sometimes do this thing where, okay, yeah, I'll get to that, but I should feel bad for at least a day, maybe you know, a couple of hours, something. No, no, run straight back into God's arms of forgiveness and say, thank you for your amazing grace in my life. You must accept it and give God the glory for it. This is an everyday grace. Who knows the song Amazing Grace? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. And it talks about how the, I remember the day you found me and saved me. Do you know? But you know what? That's every single day. It's amazing grace, but it's also everyday grace. And I just encourage you, preach to yourself every day. I've got a friend called Matt who literally does this. In the morning, he brushes his teeth. Everyone brush your teeth. Dental hygiene is very important. And uh, take a deep breath. And every day, he brushes his te- teeth. He takes a deep breath. He says, God, thank you for being gracious to me. Give me another day where I can breathe F, but breathe F, breathe air, and breathe out my praises to you because of what you have. And today I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to live perfectly, but I live in your grace and your love. And my, my prayer for you guys is that you do the same. You learn that every day. You think, I'm going to live by grace. I didn't just start my Christian life in it, but every day I'm going to live knowing, hey, you know what? I'm a screw up. But God's perfect, and he's saved me, and he's helped me. I'd love just to pray for you guys, I think. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to just quietly stand to our feet. And why don't you just close your eyes. And I think it would be really great to hold out your hands, almost if I was giving you 20 quid. 
20 quid's a lot of money to me, just so we're clear, okay? And that's my money. But you know what? It is a real joy to give it. I'm really glad that Josh has got, got it, okay? God's got so much more for you than I could ever give you. He wants so much more for you than you could ever receive. So I just close our eyes. Let's hold out our hands. Let's just wait a moment on God. Father, I thank you that you know each and every person's name in this room. Thank you that you've known it since before you even made the world. And God, I thank you you've got plans and purposes for their lives, Lord God, and things that you want them to do. But I thank you that your love for them is not based upon any of that stuff. It's based upon what Jesus has done at the cross. Thank you you've held nothing back but given your absolute best. Thank you you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son to die for us. And I pray we might live in the good of that and the good of your grace every single day. I want to pray for young people and adults in the room who felt condemned, who have felt screwed up inside by things they've messed up, Lord God. I pray, would you just break that off them today? Would they know that it's all about your grace and that you are quick to forgive? You're slow to angry, anger and quick to love them. And I pray they might receive that right now. And as I open their hands, Lord God, as, as they go into the rest of this week, is why I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's really important that we keep working on this and helping each other. And so I, have, I, I love being able to speak grace into other people's lives. You know, when somebody say, how's things going? They say, oh, I'm not doing very well right now. I've done this, this, and this. And I just get to say to them, yeah, you know, you know what? You're much worse than you think you are. And they're like, what? It's just I pass the people. And I was like, yeah, you're far worse than you think. There's all other, other kind of stuff you're not even aware of. But you know what? God's forgiven what you're talking about and all that other stuff as well. His grace is totally sufficient to cover everything you've ever done. Just come to him again and receive it, thankfully. We're going to turn now back into our groups. We had a couple of questions earlier. And we're just going to say, just ask each other, where do you think this applies to you? Where do you think you've added things to grace? So maybe it's Bible reading. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's something you think, actually, when I look at other people, I think, ooh, they're doing that. They can't be a Christian. Why don't you just turn around and just begin to talk about some of that stuff. And then Jerome Carroll is going to lead us a bit more in the conversation. Turn around. Say, how does grace work in my life? Okay, guys. So... Just so important there, just brilliant stuff from Stephen about living under grace and not living under rules. Maybe in that discussion time just there, you've been mentioning a couple of areas of your life actually where you've been uh, living under rules. I know, as Stephen was saying, I can do it almost every day. I, I must read my Bible, I must do this. One great way that we can actually do this is we had Stephen pray for us. But actually, you know, you've got your friends and your youth leaders around you, people that you do life with every single week, week in and week out. So I, we think it would be great for us just to have a couple of minutes of time just praying for each other, actually, that we would be living under grace and that those little areas that you've been speaking about where perhaps you've been living under rules, that God would just really break those and that this week that would be a real moment for you where we're just constantly talking back to ourselves. No, I'm living under grace and I'm not living under rules. So just a couple of minutes. Why don't you just turn to the people you've just been discussing with and we're going to pray for each other.